If you're a patron, please listen to this episode via Patreon because the public release version is not the full episode. If you're not a patron, then you should become one if you'd like to listen to and participate in the after show. Designer, nice man goes, what you gonna do? Hello, hello, welcome to the after show. A brand spanking new series, Patreon exclusive, brought to you by Polite Conversations. By Polite Conversations. This is where I'm hoping to get to know you a little better, dear patrons. This will be the place to come hang out for a casual chat. Let's talk about all things, woking up and polite conversations and Twitter spaces and whatever else you'd like to discuss. More content, more conversations, more fun, and even more rationality. Welcome to episode five of the Polite Conversations After Show with... My lovely guest and patron and linguist and also offense archaeologist, Dr. Caitlin Green. Hello. Hello. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, so nice to have you back on the the other version of the show. <laughs> I'll do whatever version there is. <laughs> Awesome. And gentle listeners, if you aren't a patron yet, you know you want to become one so you can enjoy this. What is going to be an extremely fun-filled episode. I can already feel it um, in its entirety. Uh, Yeah. So, Dr. Caitlin Green, firstly, please explain what an offense archaeologist is and how you (laughs) gain such a you know, distinguished title. Well, you have to go to a fence archaeology school for a lot of years to get this uh, honor. But um, basically, you get on the wrong side of some cancel culture grifter and they'll call you every name in the book. <laughs> this is a pretty pretty creative one. Though. <laughs> like, I know I did. You know, I don't want to say you got to hand it to Steven Pinker, but that one was like kind of choice. Oh, did he come up with that? I think it was him. It was him or one of his defenders. Like it ha- it 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 came up during the um discussions about the the Linguistic Society of America letter about Steven Pinker. Oh, okay, okay. Cuz we, you know, we dug through all his tweets supposedly and found just like the six worst ones we could. Oh, yeah, cuz he never ever says anything terrible otherwise. Just not like Every other day. I'm constantly at risk of being the, like, Steven Pinker bad tweets account, and I I have to, like, restrain myself. Yeah, 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 I know how you feel. I I felt like that uh, sometimes when uh, my good pal Sam Harris was on Twitter still, but uh, he's not on there anymore. (laughs) Yeah, he spared you. (laughs) Yeah, so now I just have to listen to his bad takes on audio and eventually report on them. I mean, I'm... Oh, I am working my way up to it. It's uh, it's going to take a bit to get back into it fully after the kind of year I've had. But of course, uh, you know I'm making my notes. I'm catching up on listening. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. That's good. Yeah, but till then we can uh, enjoy the 
chats of the after show. Definitely. I enjoy those a lot. (laughs) So, um, yeah, speaking of Pinker, there was one (laughs) phrase I wanted to ask you about. Uh, You tweeted a screenshot of one of his recent tweets where he's going on about something called primitive word magic. Mm-hmm. He's tweeted about this primitive word magic a few times, eh? Yeah, it's kind of a running thing, and every time he does it, a bunch of linguists get mad because it's just such a bad phrase. Yeah, and his most recent one was on the 24th of Feb. So, yeah, this is what he says. Among the ways wokeness is dumbing down science is replacing the foundation of linguistics, brackets, words are arbitrary conventions, close brackets, with primitive word magic, brackets, words have causal powers as in spells, curses, and prayers, close brackets, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Yeah, because unfortunately that tweet goes on. Oh, okay, so it was a thread, was it? Yes. Oh. So what is he talking about here? Well, he brings out this primitive word magic thing whenever anybody tries to make a point that language might have an effect on people. For example, racial slurs. Oh. Um, but also, to in this case, he's commenting on a story about how there are times when people might modify their language because a word that they're saying will remind somebody of a slur or of some other uh, like issue related to bigotry. So, for example, not wanting to say master sweet because evoking the word master makes somebody think about slavery and it's it's not really about slavery so it's not like the thing in itself is offensive but some people and um it has become a trend for like realtors for example to to now say like primary suite instead oh i didn't know that um and yeah and so he he's really upset about that because he hates, you know, self-censorship for political correctness's sake. Um, And he says, you know, just uttering the word master is not going to cast a spell over somebody that will like harm them. Right. And so that's what he's referring to as primitive word magic. Okay. (laughs) I mean, aside from the, the phrase itself being bigoted sounding, (laughs) um, He's painting, like, a total caricature, a straw man. Like, nobody's actually hurting from the word master, but human beings respond to things, like, in context of other things. And if it bothers someone, then it bothers someone. Like, yeah. Right. And if you are, for example, an organization of realtors and your primary goal is to sell houses, right? Right. Um, then you are beholden to the rules of capitalism, which means if you think that there's something you're doing that might make somebody unhappy, you stop doing that thing. Yeah. Because you're a salesperson, right? Which is what most of this like corporate quote-unquote wokeness is all about it's not about genuinely caring about not offending people or minorities or looking out for minorities it's about you know the bottom line it's about profit it's about capitalism and that's something they never ever acknowledge 
no, they're not really interested in thinking about the dynamics of capitalism because obviously mm. that's not part of their crusade, right? Um, and then, yeah, like you said, throwing the word primitive in there is just gross and unnecessary and weird. <laughs> and like, why, why are we doing that? Mm. Um, and it, it's part of his whole like rational enlightenment brand you know, for somebody who poo-poos the idea of identities, like, he's doing a lot of identity work by casting people he disagrees with as primitive. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, it's not like this crew isn't affected by words, right? Like... Oh, right. Is it a spell when you say so-and-so said something racist and they're, like, super offended? Did we... You know, cast a spell on them, <laughs> or are they just right. reacting I mean, to the word and the connotations? Yeah, you remember that report that said uh, that like reading uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates' passage is is going to cause like depression in teenagers. Oh, like, yeah. He sh- he shared that. He endorsed that message. So clearly, he thinks that some words are magic. Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing about CRT, right? Like mm-hmm. not teaching accurate history in school because some kids will be upset by that or yeah you know the only people who we should change our language and behavior for are obviously like white kids and conservative kids yeah no theme there at all no no certainly not um it's certainly nothing that listeners might want to go back to that twitter space about where we talked about that academic freedom conference <laughs> oh yeah from a linguistic perspective, you know, this idea that he's he's justifying this whole point by saying, well, the foundation of linguistics is that words are arbitrary conventions. But, like, we can break that down if you want, because he's really playing a nasty game with that phrase, um, which is that words are arbitrary conventions means that if you, an English speaker, are, are picturing a cow... And you're also hearing the sound sequence cow. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about that like big, you know, animal that ha- necessarily has to have the K sound in it, right? And uh, just like if you're a French speaker, it's vache, mm-hmm. right? It's not anything like cow, and yet you're picturing the same animal. And so that's like an arbitrariness, right? That like these sounds are paired with it because you learned they are, not because it's, like, intrinsically part of that animal. Yeah. Okay. So that's what arbitrariness means. It just means that, you know, sounds become associated with the things they represent through what's essentially an arbitrary connection. What that doesn't mean is that then you don't start to get associations and memories Mm -hmm. with those words. You know, like, if... If every time somebody said the word cow, they also slapped you in the face, <laughs> like <laughs> it's arbitrary, sure. But now, if you hear the word cow, you're gonna flinch, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's not you. That's not primitive word magic. That's you being a reasonable person right. who has understood a connection between this word and somebody hitting you. Just like the words, um, you know, logic and reason and rationality have become so tainted it's not because they just are it's because of the kind of people that advertise that shit in their well right 
you know, profiles. Well, and I don't know if you were wanting to talk about the whole Scott Adams thing. Yes. But like, oh, yes, you know, definitely. People were asked to agree or disagree with the phrase, it's okay to be white. And if you literally think about the phrase, it's okay to be white, it's like, yeah, obviously, like, there's not a pro, you know, no, I wouldn't blame a white person for being white, right? I'm a white person. I think I'm all right the way I am. <laughs> but then if you are a person who lives in the world, you know that that somebody who's yelling, it's okay to be white, is likely to be a white supremacist. And so yeah. then if you're if you're asked to say like, well, do you like that phrase or not? Like, do you agree with that phrase or not? You're going to say no, because you know what's behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not, again, that's not like primitive word magic, or that's not, you know, people being isolationist or being, what was that? A hate group. It's just people being reasonable and understanding what things go together. Yeah. It's, uh, you can't, Think of words individually in a vacuum. Yeah. Right? And when if you try to take a quote or phrase from one of these guys, they always say, you're taking me out of context. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but then they want everything else. They want everything to be context-free. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever think about times in the past when people have said it's okay to be white. Just evaluate it right there, you know, in a vacuum. And that's not how language works. Exactly. And that's really the the tactic behind choosing like a benign seeming phrase and using it for awful purposes like extremism Mm -hmm. is that's how you get it pushed over the line. That's how you get it more um, legitimacy, right? Because that's right. When it's brand new, who's going to disagree, especially among white people? The first time you hear it, you might not even blink at it. Yeah. You're like, Um, yeah, you know, someone who's white might say, well, I'm white. Of course, I think it's okay to be white, but right. Once you start, you do know, and you like that that's happening, then you get energized and you know who to follow. And that is how dog whistles work. Yes. (laughs) Which Steven Pinker doesn't like to think about dog whistles. Um, he said they don't exist. They are a kind of primitive word magic, apparently. <laughs> Everything. This guy is like a kids in the hall sketch or something. Everything is primitive word magic, yeah. Um, and the other thing, you know, I think we talked about this in the linguistics of slurs episode, but like there are certain things that when you say them, you're like choosing to be the guy who says it, right? So. Like they they like to talk about the um, the word that's n i g g a r d l y. Oh right? yes, that, that adjective. I've heard <laughs> Coleman Hughes do a whole segment on it, and then yeah. misspell it too. Wonderful, <laughs> and you know, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with that word, but it does force you to say. Um, what sounds like a slur yeah. for the first two syllables of it, and so if you are aware of that. And you you choose to do it knowing that everybody else has decided that it's not very fun for them to have to do, then you're saying something about yourself. And other people are allowed to hear that <laughs> and know that, that you've said something about yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think clearly we have an unjustifiable and irrational level of discomfort with the N-word unjustifiable and irrational level of discomfort with the n-word unjustifiable and irrational level of discomfort with the n-word um i mean the only reason i'm not i'm saying n-word rather than the word now is because i've been on other youtube youtube shows where people get demonetized if this word is said and i don't want to 
thanks. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, but the, the I mean, there's a there's a whole Wikipedia page. Here, I'm not going to say the N word. I'm saying a different word. That Even if you do, we can do, bleep it out. Has nothing yeah. to do with the N word. The word is niggardly. It is spelled N A G G N A G G A R D L Y, and it's a synonym for stingy. That is linguistically completely unrelated to the n-word right there's a wikipedia page dedicated only to scandals around this word because it sounds kind of like the n-word right scandals where people have gotten fired from their jobs over saying this word i think that like if that's not a signal that we're hypersensitive about this word then i don't know what would be and uh, going back to the Scott Adams thing, I found it <laughs> extremely fascinating um, how many of these heterodox types and, uh, you know, Quillette, IDW types, whatever they go by now, um, <laughs> saying that, hey, it's not cancel culture to have Scott Adams face consequences for his very blatant racism. And just in case someone hasn't, you know, someone isn't, on Twitter all the time, and good for them. Uh, so yeah. they don't know what we're talking about. Do you want to explain what he said? Um, sure. I don't know if I can call it up from memory exactly, but he reacted to uh, a report that came out that that said that a certain percent of Black people had written that they don't agree with the sentence "It's okay to be white," and there was something else that it gave him the impression that like black people all want to be completely separate and, and have animosity towards white people. And so he went on this whole tirade about like, well, obviously black people are a hate group and we should just stay away from them. Right. And if they really want to be so distant from us, yeah, white people should just stay the, should stay the hell away from (laughs) black people. I think was what he said. So people didn't love that. Mm. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, he lost his, uh, syndication deal, I think with, and he, and he got his comics pulled from newspapers, um, which it's amazing that they were still running, but seriously, he's been, I feel like it's been my whole life that he's been on there. Yeah. And he's been pretty Um, openly terrible for a long time as well. Right. Right. He invented, like, he introduced a new black character a while ago just to make fun of diversity mm. hiring or, like, DEI. Mm. Um, but he forgot that on weekdays his... Or as Jordan Peterson calls it, D-I-E. D-I-E, right, to make it more Die. scary. That's, yes. But that's not word magic. That's something else. <laughs> of um, course, yeah. yeah. But, but he forgot that his, uh, artic- or his um, comics don't print in color on weekdays, and so... <laughs> His oh. black character didn't like translate to people oh. <laughs> because it was just in black and white. It, there was no color, so that was fun. But that was a while ago. So this time um, he got in a lot of trouble, and yeah, the heterodox thinkers and the cancel culture journalists all said, "Well, this isn't exactly a case of like cancel culture gone amok because what he did was just plain old racism, mm. and that." wasn't okay in the 80s everyone agreed that it wasn't okay and now in the 2020s it's like extremely established as not okay so the fact that he did it means that like now he just gets to suffer consequences so it has to be like from the 80s that it's not okay right is that a rule like 
specifically? <laughs> like, can they just that's, put out some rules? That's how Connor Friedersdorf put it, right? Um, and he, he specifically, he was like, when I was growing up, like when I was a child in the 80s, I knew that it was wrong. And that's how I know that like this is unambiguously just him suffering natural consequences. Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of people commented under there like, maybe wherever you grew up, you coastal elite. But where I grew up, <laughs> it was just fine to talk like this in the 80s. <laughs> I love to see when it's flipped and they're call they're being called like too woke or something. Yeah, like I saw that sometimes in the ex-Muslim scene, and it was very funny because yep. some of the ex-Muslims so, yeah, were pretty awful. Slight disarray in the heterodox thinker club. <laughs> now that's not you know just to stress again. That's not primitive word magic. How cancel culture, you know, changes and flows with the mood and. Right, how it can be redefined to cover the people that you need to make sure you're still in with. Mm -hmm. Which, that's literally it, especially with people like Friedersdorf, right? He he needs somebody like Steven Pinker to still like him and give him access. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't need Scott Adams because Scott Adams is unpopular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also I think I saw Thomas Chatterton Williams tweet about mm -hmm. it like yeah. this is the guy who said like something about um someone wrote something rude or criticized very wise and uh <laughs> didn't he yeah. say something like i kicked them out of my french chateau it was something very funny oh yeah that's right um he he did he literally said and i i had to make them leave my french chateau uh, <laughs> or my chateau in france right and so then everybody had a field day with that yeah um, so because it was like right after the harper's letter that it happened hmm yeah um, <laughs> and then uh this time he was on team connor friedersdorf where he was like this isn't cancel culture this is just consequences yeah it's so funny how that works consequences when they want them to be consequences and cancel culture it let's just like say what it is right most of the time the bar is just like it's not hot the bar for racism they've set it so high that you have to basically be as blatant as scott adams and say all i think all white people should just stay the fuck away from all black people like it doesn't get any more blatant than that yeah no absolutely i don't even know if richard spencer would speak so um plainly you know because yeah. don't they try to well, do the i'm not we're not a hate group like we don't hate anyone we just right. like want to protect our own yeah we just want to um make sure that we have somewhere that we can live in peace yeah yeah, an ethno state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so um, yeah. So the bar is just not high enough for them most of the time. Even when it's someone using a slur in an academic setting or a workplace, it's just no. That's cancel culture. Yeah, I think I think clearly we have an unjustifiable and irrational level of discomfort with the N word. Unjustifiable and irrational level of discomfort with the N word. Right. And we're sitting here in like an academic resurgence of 
eugenics and yeah. race science, right? But the people who are doing that, they are very soft-spoken and they right. have twinkly, kind, old white man eyes and they don't yell or curse at anybody. Um, and so that is actually okay with all of these guys. Uh, like, you know, Thomas Chatterton Williams literally said, about Scott Adams. You know, if you film yourself going on a stupid and boring racist monologue and upload it to the internet and people notice it and react negatively, like, you know, that's just how it should be. Mm. Well, what if your name is Steven Pinker and you do or a Sam lecture Harris. called Jews IQ and Intelligence? What then? <laughs> you know? <laughs> or when you do like a YouTube video say that uh, political correctness is red pilling young people. Yeah. But, like, literally a, a boring racist monologue is Steven Pinker talking about Jews, genes, and intelligence was the name of his sure, lecture yeah. in 2011. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know... Um, or Sam Harris talking about immigrants. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or um, Glenn Lowry and John McWhorter talking about in 10 years we'll be able to spray gene therapy on black babies and then they won't be low IQ anymore. <gasps> I didn't know that one. But. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one, I think. That was on Glenn Lowry's show, whatever that oh, is. Oh, gosh. YouTube show. He's, yeah, he's had some really wild things said on that show. I remember, I think, Sam Harris said something about black surgeons. Like, mm -hmm. I tweeted screenshots of it. Quote, How enthusiastic should you be to have a black brain surgeon if you know the MCATs for black doctors are a standard deviation lower or whatever, I know Charles Murray has delved rather deeply and uh, dangerously into facts of that kind in his latest book. Oof. I mean, as soon as you say, I know Charles Murray, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Oh. He's delved into what exactly? What were those numbers and where did they come from? And did they have anything to do with a guy named Lynn? <laughs> mm. No, Sam doesn't like to talk about those details. No, no of course no. not. No. Of course I'm not racist. No, no, no. Don't you dare say that word. And did you know that Joe Rogan is the cure to racism? <laughs> what a thing to say I know in the midst of a um, scandal where like there's a n-word compilation circulating oh my gosh I mean yeah it's just so funny that people will say stuff that's so obviously silly and continue to be seen as a sort of reasonable middle of the road person basically because like I don't know their voice is boring <laughs> they use a thesaurus yeah they're you know m male and white and not uh super young sounding so obviously they're serious yeah they must be intelligent well that's fun they for us isn't it <laughs> <laughs> they used to do events with posters that were i mean they belonged in the onion Right? Like, they had literal brain on top of a galaxy sometimes. Oh, right. Yes, I love um, that. Then there was the grenade, the brain-shaped grenade. Why not? Yeah. It's going to blow your mind. <laughs> 
We don't need just, to have layers. We don't need to make this hard. <laughs> <laughs> just like just a, say you what know, we're gonna say. A teenage sense of design. Well, because we're not selling to smart people. We're selling to people who want to think they're smart without having to do anything. Right. So we right. we got to make the messaging simple. You know, I um, I want to do like a rebrand for polite conversations and a new logo and stuff. Um, and you know, I was thinking, should I put a brain in the logo? <laughs> Honestly, yes. <laughs> How can we make it extremely ridiculous? An explosion, um, mm. something that gives you that sense of danger, you know, like some yeah. barbed wire or something. Mm, yeah, use <laughs> one of those or like a horrible fonts. Somebody with tape over their mouths, they love that one. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'll just <laughs> stick all of that into the logo. <laughs> Eventually, I want to have, like, a little area that I can, like, film from, and I absolutely will be including a phrenology skull there. Access this brand new Patreon-exclusive series by becoming a patron today. 